just I just I just I just speak my peace I just I just I just speak my peace keep my peace What's good, everybody? Welcome to the sixth episode of the Speak My Peace podcast. I am your host, Greg Lacey. And to start this episode, I want to send a happy birthday wish to the late, courageous, selfless, revolutionary warrior, Nelson Mandela. Today would have been his 100th birthday, so... A huge, huge thank you to Nelson Mandela and all he, all that he has done in his time on this earth, uh, from spending all that time in prison, um, fighting apartheid, all his political work that he did in South Africa, and also just the um, the influence he had on us in America. Um, he had a great, even though he was doing all the groundwork in South Africa, he had a great influence on you know a lot of people in America. So again, once again, happy 100th birthday to Nelson Mandela. Let me get some air horns for Nelson Mandela. Instead, on that topic, um, they had a huge celebration. Well, they had a huge celebrations all over the world. You know, it was his 100th birthday, so it had centenary, centen. Centenary. I'm having problems uh, trying to pronounce his word, but you know what I'm trying to say. Basically, a hundredth his hundredth year celebration. So I believe the word is centenary. I'm trying to say, but anyways, they had huge celebrations all over the world. But obviously, the biggest one was in South Africa, where he uh, spent his time. Um, they had a lot of people show up. The most notable was obviously Barack Obama. He uh, he danced with them, party with them. He also gave them a lecture, you know. I wouldn't say a lecture, actually. He gave a, he gave a huge speech, I'm sorry. Um, you know, celebrating the life of Nelson Mandela. And also, you know, within his speech, he spoke on just the, the ridiculous political state of his uh, native country, which is obviously the United States of America. And also, he took a couple shots at number 45, which I'm totally here for. Um, I think everybody at this point is here for anybody taking any kind of shots at number 45. So let me get into, you know, part of his speech where he took subliminal. I wouldn't say subliminal. Well, they were subliminal, but everybody knew who he was talking about. And as you listen to this, you would know who he's talking about when we haven't mentioned his name. You obviously know who I'm speaking of if I say number 45. But anyways, let me get into this clip for you guys. Unfortunately, too much of politics today seems to reject the very concept of objective truth. People just make stuff up. They, they just make stuff up. We see it in the growth of state-sponsored propaganda. We see it in internet-driven fabrications. We see it in the, in the blurring of lines between news and entertainment. We see the, the utter loss of shame among political leaders where they're caught in a lie and they just double down and they lie some more. It used to, look, let me say, politicians have always lied, but it used to be if you caught them lying, they'd be like, oh man. Now they just keep on lying. They, they just... 
Before I jump onto my next topic, I do want to give my listeners a forewarning that the majority of the topics on um, this episode are going to be uh, revolving around sports, just because it's been so much happening within the sports realm uh, this past week. But anyways, to jump into my next topic, the Papa John's owner and founder, you guys may not know his name, but you know what, definitely know his face if you've eaten in Papa John's or you've seen Papa John's face because he's literally the man on the logo, the man on the box. But anyways, he has been in a, uh, he has got a lot of flack and he ended up stepping up, uh, resigning down from his position as a chairman of Papa John's because... I guess back in May during a conference call, he used the N word, which is ironic that I'm speaking about this because I just had an episode about this. But uh, basically, he used the N word in the conference call, which was back in May, and um, it had just came to light. And as it, the as it came to light, he ended up deciding stepping down because of all the negative uh, feedback he got. So no, he just stepped down when he initially made the comment. No, we weren't aware that he made the comment. It's been on the Rapsies so many months. But now that it's come to light that he made this comment, he decided to step down. Which I'm not surprised of. But if you know anything about Papa John's um, within this past year, you wouldn't be surprised that he is using this type of uh, language. Because, you know, the big thing about the NFL last year was centered around, you know, an anthem protest. People think thought that the anthem, anthem protests were disrespectful um, um, to the American flag or to the Patriots, or not to the Patriots, I'm sorry, to veterans and all this other stuff, which it had nothing to do with. Um, and, you know, a large thing was, a large takeaway from the anthem protest is, I guess they were declining numbers in NFL viewership. A lot of people blame that on a protest. Um, I'll give you guys a backstory on what this has to do with Papa John's. Is Papa John's was a was a piece of sponsor for the NFL last year. So while the anthem protests and all the controversy was going on, you know, he came out and made a statement saying that basically the NFL needs to get this under control because it's affecting his basically it's affecting his his bottom dollar. He don't care that you know the players are protesting for social injustice and the police brutality against. Uh, Minorities. All he care about is the money that he's making as a, being an advertiser of the NFL. And towards the end, of, I don't know if it was towards the end of the season or it was after the season. But anyways, the relationship between Papa John's and the NFL severe. I don't remember if Papa John stepped away because they losing so much money, or NFL decided not to um, continue the relationship. But anyways, if you knew any of that, you wouldn't be surprised that he's using this type of language or that he've used it before, which I'm not surprised. Uh, um, actually, I don't eat Papa John's. I'm going to say I regularly don't eat Papa John's, but in the middle, or say beginning of this year and sort of the middle of last year, I used to stay in the Lower East Side of uh, Manhattan. And for the most part, like, you know, a lot of people, they like the pizza. One big thing they like about when they come to New York, as far as tourist goals, is they want to check out the pizza. Um, I like New York pizza, but for me personally, I like deep dish pizza. I like thick pizza. So my first thing when I first got to New York is I like to eat Pizza Hut. And I, there was never any Pizza Hut around me, but there was a Papa John's right across the street from me. And so, and Papa John's is, is fairly cheap. So I used to eat at Papa John's a lot until I found out, you know, he made the comment about his bottom dollar. And I stopped eating at Papa John's, but I know a lot of people who are protesting in the NFL have protested Papa John's because of that. But now I know a lot of more people are now bringing more attention to 
him using this type of language are going to protest more. So if you didn't know anything about that, I'm delightful to be able to share this information with you. Stop eating at Papa John's because you know how they feel about us. This man is using the N-word in uh, conference calls and trainings. Um, he didn't care about the social, uh, about athletes protesting social injustice. All he cared about was how it was affecting the bottom dollar. And yeah, man, that's all I have on that. Basically, stay away from Papa John's. Stay from Papa John's. I wouldn't, I'm not going to go as far as say the pizza is trash. I know a lot of people are saying the pizza is trash. I actually enjoyed it, but you know, ever since he made the statement about his bottom dollar, I stopped eating it. So I mean, there's other, uh, alternatives to it, so. That's all I had on that. Uh, the next topic I wanted to get into was something I saw on social media. Um, if you haven't been, if you haven't seen it, uh, definitely check it out. Um, Kylie Jenner is on the latest issue of Forrest magazine. Um, basically, she caught a lot of flack because, and it's not even something that she stated; it's something the magazine stated. But she caught a lot of flack because. On there, um, on a on the cover, Forbes magazine basically said the youngest self-made billionaire, um, and a lot of people were outraged by it because if you know Kylie Jenner, you know where her family is. So, the 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 main thing that people had a problem was was that word self-made. But if you know anything about the the Jenner Kardashian family, a lot of people don't like them from the jump. So, like if there's anything for them to pick at, they're gonna use that as another reason to not like them or use that as an excuse to not like them. Um, me personally, I'm a fan of the Kardashian family. I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of the Jenner family. I'm not a stan or anything. I go like crazy out of the way. A lot of stuff they do, uh, I believe is controversial. And I, you know, I turn a side eye to a lot of stuff they be doing recently, but I'm a OG fan of the Kardashian clan from, you know, first couple seasons of the, uh, keeping up with the Kardashian. But anyways, so yeah, she caught a lot of slack because of that word "self-made," which uh, had a little. Uh, we had a little discussion in my household about it. Uh, my girlfriend brought up the fact that you know a lot of people don't like them from the jump, anyways. So you know this is just another uh, another reason for them to take a stab at it. And also, she was her in her defense. She was saying that you know Kylie's not the one that made. The, the, she was not the one who edited the cover or made the cover. She just did the shoot for it. She, you know, she didn't put the text on the cover. So why are people mad at her? They call herself made. And I understand that. Uh, me personally, I also understand why people are getting mad at it because you can't call someone self-made when the number one reason why well, I would say you can't call white people self-made, but you can't call someone who is who faces constantly on TV, whose skin is pale. And who they're born in a family that is very wealthy. You can't call them self-made because of the opportunities that they're afforded, no matter what they're doing. Um, I believe that the reason you can't call Kylie Jenner specifically self-made is for those reasons. You know, if someone else was doing the same thing that she's do that she's doing, um, whether they were a white person born to a family that is not wealthy or they were a black person born to a family that's wealthy. They wouldn't be afforded the same opportunities. They wouldn't be able to afford the same resources simply because they're not born in the Kardashian family. Anyone who knows anything about the Kardashian family is that, that Kris Jenner has that family moving like a well-oiled machine. Um, so it's not like I wouldn't put the blame on Kylie for that as you couldn't call herself made, but 
I personally don't believe you can call someone self-made that are afforded all these resources or all these opportunities that other people are not um, afforded. Also, another thing with, you know, I understood, I understand where people are coming from. I heard defense by saying she's self-made because I think the the net worth was, I think Kylie Cosmetics made $900 million. I think there was a the price on it. And, you know, you can, you can, you can acknowledge her hard work. You can acknowledge all that she's done. Just don't call her self-made because you know what she what she has done. What is she is what is she currently is doing? Is, is nothing to be swept under the rug because making nine hundred million dollars is is not easy. Making a hundred million dollars or making <laughs> making a million dollars is not easy. So for her to be generating nine hundred million dollars for a cosmetic company is crazy. So definitely a huge shout out to her. For what she's doing, I think she's only twenty years old. I may be getting the age wrong, or I may be getting mixing her up with Kendall. But I think Kylie is either twenty or twenty-one. But for her to be operating that company and to be generating that much revenue, that's ridiculous. So who shout out to her for what she's doing? But that self-made title, I wouldn't call her that just because of what she's afforded. You know, even if it was just Kim that was the only one famous, and the rest of the family wasn't. She still will be afforded a lot of opportunities just because of who she's related to and the color of her skin. So, uh, I wouldn't really particularly call herself made, and that's all I'm going at. But who shout out to her? Who shout out to the whole family? Um, shit, they making money. Who I don't know who wouldn't want to be doing the same thing that they're doing for their family because everybody in that family is literally have their own. They have the income that they're generating together as a whole. And everybody has their own separate income they're generating by themselves. So who shout out to that? Um, so yeah, man, that's all I had on that. Uh, we're gonna get into sports now. First and foremost, huge shout out to France for winning the World Cup. Uh, a couple episodes ago, I suggested that you guys get into the uh, World Cup because it was very competitive. Uh, There's a lot of great teams. Um, I didn't have a horse in the race. In the beginning, I was uh, cheering on Nigeria because I had just done my uh, ancestry DNA uh, a couple months ago, and I got my results back. And I was I had to look it over again, but I believe my make my genetic makeup was sixty percent. Uh, my ancestors came from Nigeria, so that gave me a reason to root for a, a country that was on the African continent. Nigeria got swept before um, bracket play. I mean, I swept. They got uh, eliminated before bracket play, so I didn't really have a horse in the race. Uh, Mexico made it to bracket play, so my girlfriend is Mexican, so I, I did have a pleasure cheering on their team all the way up until they got eliminated. Uh, the last game when they got eliminated, it, it was just it was really bad. But up until then, they was playing they was playing really really good soccer. Um, so then after that, I was just watching it to just to cheer on you know the teams. But I did take note to France because of all the African. Um, the people of African descent on their team, I think the majority of their team, I want to say 80% of that French team that won the World Cup, um, either parents was from Africa or they were raised in Africa. So who shout out to France for winning the World Cup? Um, another huge shout out um, to Serena Williams, even though she lost in the Wimbledon Finals to Angelique Kerber. She played really good. Um, back in March... I want to say March, out here in New York, they had a a, a fundraiser charity kind of match. It was a one loss and you're out type of thing. Um, 
And it, it was just like a little fun. It wasn't an official, you know, tennis thing, but I think that was Serena's first competitive uh, tennis match. Her, Venus, and a bunch of other people win it. Um, but anyways, it was down at Madison Square Garden. I went to it, you know, to see him play. That was Serena's first match back. And then I obviously wanted to see Venus. I'm, I'm always a champion uh, athletes, rappers, entertainers from my city. So I went down there uh, to check them out. Uh, Venus looked good. Serena, this was her first Mac back. So she kind of, you know, she didn't look like herself, but she was competitive. She ended up getting eliminated, I think, in the second round of that match. And then she had a couple matches after that to where you can see you, that she wasn't, you know, her normal self, but she was getting back to it. And obviously, you know, for her to be competing on the level that she is to, after, you know, giving birth and having, um, after having a child, you know, trying to raise a child, you know, dealing with uh, postpartum depression, uh, dealing with being away from being away from her kid, being away from her husband, you know, she had a lot of stuff going on. And on top of all of that, she was also nursing injuries and all that other uh, different type of stuff that was making it difficult to have a, a pleasant comeback. So before the Wimbledon final, she had a couple of matches that you know she really didn't look good. She really didn't look at herself. Uh, in between, then you know, I have been watching her HBO series Serena. And I was just you, watching that series. You get an insight on uh, what she was doing, you know, trying to get back to who she was before she got pregnant, before she uh, gave birth. And it, it was a hard journey, man. It wasn't it wasn't easy for her to get back. But anyways, uh, fast forward to the Wimbledon, women in the finals. She was really showing flashes of the Serena that the world knows she was. So I was tuned in. I um, I watched both. I watched all her matches. Uh, she was looking really good. Until up until that last uh, match against Curver, you know she showed flashes, but she didn't really like the she didn't show consistency within that last match. But it's it's good to see her competing in the women's finals. Uh, that says a lot about you know how great of an athlete she is, and also you know put in perspective of what mothers go through. Not even just athletic mothers, uh, mothers period. Uh, women that give birth after they give birth, they go through so much. It makes you have a, a, a more profound, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A more profound astonishment of women and what they go through uh, and and carrying children in their wombs for so long. And then also delivering a woman. I mean, not delivering women, sorry. And then delivering the children. So, who shout out to Serena. Uh, Looks like she's getting back to her old self. I'm excited to see. Uh, future matches and also a, a huge shout out to the mothers all around the world man uh, your efforts don't ever go unnoticed you guys are greatly appreciated and thank you all uh, standing sports I want to get into something I saw on social media um, so two carry is really uh, getting ready to release their next uh, game NBA 2k19 and I saw something. Um, they released a rating for Celtics uh, rookie. He's going to a sophomore season. Jason Tatum. Um, Jason Tatum rating was rated at 87. And one of my friends, you know, they said something that I commented on. Well, basically saying if Jason Tatum is 87, you know, they expect to see Ben Simmons. Uh, I think it was like 89 or 90 or something like that. So I, I got into a little argument where I'm like, what makes you think that Ben Simmons and I'm, and I'm interested to hear anybody's opinion on this, you know, feel free to comment if you're on 
uh, SoundCloud or iTunes or feel free to DM me if you follow me on Instagram at Speak My Peace Pod. But uh, I'm interested to hear any people take on this. But basically, my friend was saying that he expected to see Ben Simmons hired because Ben Simmons IQ because basically he's saying that they were the same player even though Ben Simmons can't shoot. That's the only takeaway. But Ben Simmons has such a high IQ as a playmaker that he should be rated higher. You know, I got to uh, argue. It wasn't an argument, but we were debating. And I was saying that there's no way that Ben Simmons should be rated higher. And this is not even just specifically related to 2K. This is just in skills, period. Um, 2K ratings are based on skills. So this is just a basketball debate in general. But it, basically, my friend was saying, uh, my defense was there's no way Ben Simmons is rated higher based solely off of IQ because if you look at everything else oh I'm sorry another one of my friends defenses were through uh Ben Simmons statistic he had greater statistics um last season event than I'm sorry I keep on saying Ben Simmons than Jason Tatum however anybody who watched basketball season last know that Jason Tatum role switched so much throughout the whole season opposed to Ben Simmons who knew his role from day one to day uh to the uh playoffs um, Jason Tatum started off low in the rotation for Boston uh, in the beginning of the season. In the middle of the season, he was seventh, sixth or seventh man in that rotation. And then in the Eastern Conference Finals, playing against LeBron, he was a starter, almost a star alongside, well, I would say almost. He was a star alongside uh, Al Horford in that finals against the best player in the world. So, Obviously, you know, he's Ben Simmons is going to lead in every statistical category because Ben Simmons has the same role, a starter from day one. Uh, Jason Tatum works his way from the bottom and eventually eliminated Ben Simmons' team from the playoffs and then matched up against the best player in the world in the Eastern Conference Finals. So my whole debate was there's no way Ben Simmons is ranked higher than Tatum based solely on IQ because yes, Ben Simmons has a greater IQ than Jason Tatum, but Ben Simmons cannot hit a 15 foot jump shot. And if you look at every category, as far as skill wise goes, when you compare Jason Tatum and uh, Ben Simmons, they're either extremely close as far as skill wise go, or Jason Tatum is way better. The only thing Ben Simmons has Jason Tatum beat in is IQ. But everything else are either extremely close or um, um, Jason Tatum was way better. Uh, Stan in sports, I mean, Stan in basketball, uh, the Bulls, my Bulls, I should say, signed Jabari Parker. That's something I'm really excited for because um, Jabari Parker was he was a great player at Duke. You know, he got into the NBA and he hasn't had he hasn't had he hasn't shown too many flashes of who he was at Duke. Obviously, because of, of injuries, he had two ACL injuries. He um, and his best season was a season he played the most games. I think he there's 82 games in the NBA season, and I think two seasons ago he played I want to say 72 games, and in that season he averaged 20 points and I think six or seven rebounds. So obviously he showed flashes that he's still a great basketball player. Um, I like to sign him the most because I'm I'm anxious to see how he turns out. Obviously we're going to put him at that three spot. Um, because we already have our big man, so we don't need him as a big man. But uh, he's going to have to slim down. He's going to have to get in shape. But with his body size, if he's able to get in shape, he, he'll be a great force for our team at that position because Jabari Parker is basically built like LeBron. 
the only difference between them is 10 years. Now, obviously, LeBron is the greatest player in the world. Jabari Parker isn't. But speaking solely on uh, the body types, they're basically the same player. So Jabari is able to slim down and he's able to find, you know, his game at that three position. I think it would turn out well. Anybody who know me know that I, the past two or three actually never. I haven't been too happy with the Bulls front office guard foreman John Paxson. Because they're constantly making stupid decisions. Um, and then I also don't like our coach, Fred Hoiberg. Uh, the niggas is bum. But uh, we have a great young core. We have Laurie Markkinen. We have Zach Levine, who we're going to find out what type of player he is this season. Uh, Chris Dunn, I don't like him. He's a bum. Um, we have Wendell Carter Jr., who showed great flashes in the summer league, which I'm hoping to carry over to the regular season. Uh, who else do we have? Obviously, we just added Jabari Parker. So, I'm interested to see, you know, how our Bulls, my my Bulls team turn out a couple seasons uh, down the road. I think if we get rid of Hoiberg, I think we might be straight. Um, now, we're going to shift gears and get over to the NFL. Uh, before we get to the serious topic, I want to give a huge, huge, huge shout out to Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette. For those of you who don't know who Leonard Fournette is, Fournette is he is a running back for the Jacksonville Jaguars. He was drafted last year in NFL draft, uh, fourth overall pick. Um, reason why I'm giving him a huge shout out: there is this woman who goes to his former school, LSU, who uh, who tweeted. Uh, let me read the tweet for you guys. The woman's name is Jane uh, Loso. She tweeted out: "I have two. I have to come out of pocket to pay my senior year. It's 10k for the entire year." I currently work two jobs for the other 5K. $1, $5, anything helps. I've come too far to stop here. Thank you, everyone. Please, RT. Uh, this tweet uh, ended with a link to her GoFundMe. So basically, the student uh, tweeted that you know, she was in her fifth year at LSU, and she had lost her financial aid, so she had to come out of pocket to pay for her tuition. Uh, so she started to GoFundMe in, in order to, uh, in hopes of raising, you know, the $10,000 to help her uh, pay for her tuition. She said she was going to pay herself. Uh, she was going to work two jobs to pay the 5K and then the other 5K which she uh, raised from GoFundMe was going to pay for, you know, the rest of the tuition. Somehow, this came across Linus Fournette's desk, former student at LSU, who uh, responded to her tweet. He told her, uh, Luca, my dog, DM me your number. I'll pay the rest for you. And, um, Basically, that interview, you know, from that, and uh, he stressed that, or he explained that, you know, he personally knew the girl when he was at LSU. I guess she's a uh, she's a physical trainer at LSU, and he said, that, you know, his years at LSU, she used to be his physical trainer. She used to help him out um, when he was nursing injuries and stuff like that. So, and also he also stated that um, not only did they go to LSU together, they were from the same uh, hometown. So, um, huge huge shout out to. Lunar Fournette, it's great to see these athletes giving back, um, especially when it's personal like this. They knew each other, you know, she used to help him out. That goes a long way. Um, <clears throat> and whatever you do, you know, dealing with people, whether it's professional in your uh, professional career, dealing with everyday people, you know, this is why you always be kind to people because this doesn't happen every day, but stuff like this can happen, you know. You being kind to people, you're looking out for people. And there's a, there's going to come a time where you need help. And in this situation, she needed help, you know. She's going to her fifth year, and here she is 
uh, starting to go fund me and the person who she used to take care of while they were on campus, you know, looked out for her. He told her he was going to pay for the whole tuition, which he did. So huge, huge shout out to Leonard Fournette. Um, hopefully in this next season, he has a great season because I want to try to get him on the fantasy team. Um, staying in the football, I saw something I came across uh, last weekend that we're today on Wednesday is 504 days since Colin Kaepernick has been basically blackballed out of the NFL. If anyone doesn't know the backstory of what happened with Colin Kaepernick, basically Colin Kaepernick two, maybe three years ago, was the first player who initiated the uh, I'm sorry for all this uh, noise. Basically Colin Kaepernick was a player who initiated the uh, stance to kneel during the national anthem because he was protesting against social injustice and social inequalities and police brutality amongst minority. He wanted to bring awareness to it. So this is why you see players doing it nowadays, but he was the first person to do it. And um, in the first season he did it, he wasn't really playing. Well, actually, I don't think he played at all that season. Um, the following season, which was his contract year, his last year on his contract, for those of you who don't know what contract year means, with the San Francisco 49ers. So he ended up playing that year. And for those of you who don't know, you know, Colin Kaepernick, he, he's a he's a decent quarterback. I'm not going to say he's the best quarterback in the world. But if you rank Colin Kaepernick amongst, you know, the quarterbacks that are in the NFL right now, he will probably be somewhere in the middle of it. There's 30 teams in the NFL. He will probably, or I think there's 32 teams in the NFL. He will probably round out somewhere around that 16 slot, maybe a little lower, maybe a little higher, depending on who you're asking. But Colin Kaepernick is not a bum, is what I'm trying to say. But anyways, he finished his contract year on a team that sucked. But he did, he did decent, you know, for what he was given. And once his that season ended, um, he took a gamble. The San Francisco 49ers, they didn't want to give him the money that he felt he was worth. So he left the San Francisco 49ers at the end of that year, you know, banking on another team to pick him up because of how good of a player was. Um, what happened was basically no team ended up picking him up. There were teams that brought him in for training to, to look at him. Um, but initially no team wanted to pick him up because of his anthem protest. You guys don't know what that means. It means basically a lot of these NFL owners don't want somebody who's uh, protesting against social injustice and social inequalities because they generally just don't care for it. So I just brought that up to to give you guys, you know, a tally on just how many days this man has been in our NFL, and it's not that because of his talents. It's, it's simply because that he's standing up against inequality and social injustice and all this these great causes. He's bringing awareness to it, and teams just don't want to deal with that. So. If you guys don't understand why I haven't, why after every episode I tell you guys I'm not dealing with the NFL or I don't give you updates on the NFL, that is my reasoning. Because teams are basically boycotting against him, I'm joining the group that's boycotting the NFL. I haven't watched the NFL or haven't seen anything in regards to the NFL in the past. Uh, I think since last summer, actually, it was last summer that uh, Colin Kaepernick. Um, was a free agent. So I haven't even dealt with the NFL since last summer. The only thing I really deal with in the NFL is uh, fantasy football. But I don't watch highlights. I don't watch games. I don't buy jerseys. I don't do any of that stuff. 
So, um, yeah, man, that's crazy. It's been 504 days. I think at this point, it's just no teams want to pick him up. But just have to shed light to, you know, we have to thank me personally. I want to thank him for all that he's been doing for us. He does a lot of uh, community work, if you don't know. Um, or if you want to be updated on the community work he does, um, go to uh, knowyourrights.com, I believe it is. This is how I keep updated with it. Or they also have a social media handle on Instagram. It's knowyourrights, uh, K-N-O-W, your rights. Um, yeah, man, look that up. Standing in the NFL uh, is my last subject for today. Um, I want to bring to light the defensive tackle for the Tennessee Titans, uh, defensive tackle, defensive lineman for the Tennessee Titans, Jarrell Casey, who stated that he's going to protest the national anthem regardless of the consequences, uh, which I felt was great that he announced this today on uh, Nelson Mandela's 100th, uh, 100th centenary the centenary uh birthday but um to give you guys a a backstory on that if you don't know anything about it um so basically in light of what Colin Kaepernick did more players protested in light of him last season because no team was picking him up so other players felt like they had to carry the torch for him so they protested um this brought stirred up a lot of controversy within the NFL last season and the NFL really couldn't do anything about it because it wasn't they couldn't do anything legal about it. Um, there was no rules into what you had to do, or there was no no standards for what you had to do while the national anthem was playing. So what the NFL did was during this summer when they had new CBA rules, they decided to regulate that. So they basically told players that you had to stand at attention um, while the national anthem was playing. Doing anything else was considered disrespectful to the national anthem to the and to the American flag, and they stated that. If teams, um, if anybody did not do this, what they stated that should that they should do, basically teams and players will be fine uh, for this. So Casey came out today and said that he intends to protest. Uh, he intends to protest the national anthem to bring awareness of social injustice and police brutality during the whole 2018 series, no matter the fines or consequences received. So. Huge, huge shout out to him for uh, saying that today, man. Now on to my next, my next and last topic. Um, today was the end of the Kawhi Leonard saga. For those of you who've been, you know, coming uh, listening along with the podcast so far, you know, I previously spoke about Kawhi Leonard was unhappy with uh, San Antonio Spurs. He was trying to get out of there. He was trying to get traded. Initially, he was trying to get traded to his hometown. Uh, everyone assumed it was the Lakers, even though he never spoke about it. But uh, everybody assumed that he was trying to get to the Lakers because LeBron was going there. He never got traded because the Spurs was asking for too much in return. And then the uh, attention shifted towards the Clippers. They were trying to get him to the Clippers. That didn't happen. And this morning, he ended up getting traded to Serrano Raptors along with Danny, uh, Danny Green for DeMar DeRozan, Jacob Poto, and a first-round pick. Um, it was crazy. I kind of expected it, but I didn't expect it because I knew that there was rumors about you know him being traded for DeMar DeRozan, but Kawhi Leonard going to Toronto, it seemed far-fetched because he wanted to stay home. Um, how I found out about it, <laughs> it was through uh, Instagram. Basically, I, I try to stay off social media, uh, I'll be on Facebook a lot, but like Instagram, I try to stay off of it. I check it in the morning and then I check it at night and those I try to limit to that. But sometimes I'll be on, you know, in the middle of the day. 
because I, ever since I started this podcast, I've, I've tried to monitor, you know, different stuff that's going on. But anyways, um, yesterday was one of the days I only checked it in the morning and night uh, this morning. I got on I got on Instagram. The first thing I seen was DeMar DeRozan, uh, DeMar DeRozan's Instagram story. Uh, the first thing he posted was be told one thing, the outcome of another. Can't trust him. Ain't no loyalty in this game. Sell you out for quick for a little bit of nothing, which I felt funny. Well, I guess in hindsight, it sounds funny as hell because of the little bit of nothing. He was referring to Kawhi Leonard. Um, and then the next post was soon you'll understand and then don't disturb. So basically he was referring to the trade, but at the time he posted it, he hadn't been traded yet, but obviously someone had informed him of what was going on. So initially this was the first thing this was the first thing I saw on Instagram when I woke up this morning. This is uh and then so from reading that I assumed that oh he must be getting traded soon or something else is going on and then a couple hours later it was breaking news that he was being traded. Um I assume that he's not happy because a couple years ago he had an option to extend his contract with Toronto or he'd go to another team, presumably go back home to L.A. He ended up staying loyal to Toronto, the team that drafted him. And fast forward to today, the man was traded. Most people who follow basketball or knew anything about basketball knew that somebody uh, amongst the superstars in Toronto was getting traded. It was either going to be him or it was going to be Kyle Lowry. Because once they got rid of the head coach, Dwayne Casey, who had won the head coach of the year award, who had coached the uh, Toronto Raptors to their best record ever, um, after he got fired, everybody knew that they was going to try to break up something because with that crew, they had the best coach in the uh, league and they had two superstars. They just couldn't get past LeBron. No matter how good the Toronto Raptors did in the regular season, every time they ran into LeBron, it was a brick raw. So everybody who pays attention to basketball foresaw this coming, but I guess they didn't see this coming the way it happened. I know I'm, I didn't see it coming. I thought that Kyle Lowry was going to be the one to get traded or if DeMar DeRozan did get traded, he was going to somehow get paired with LeBron in Los Angeles. Anyways, fast forward to the day, he didn't get traded to Los Angeles. He got traded to Kawhi, not Kawhi later, to the San Antonio Spurs, which I thought was interesting because here he has his whole career, no matter how well he's done, he hasn't been able to get past LeBron. But you send him to San Antonio who has, in my opinion, the best current coach in the NBA and the best coach in the NBA the past 20 years. So you pair him with this coach um, I think his career is gonna is gonna take another step because he had been kind of stagnant. Um, the season before last, he had kind of he had kind of had a little jump because of his mid range games they got so much better, and um, a lot of people were saying that his he had improved and his handle had got a little better two seasons ago. And then last season, there's really no there was really not that big of a jump as far as his game went. So now I think he may take his career to another level because he's being coached by in my opinion, the best coach you can ask for in the NBA. So I'm interested to see how this turns out, but I also want to know like whether he's staying there or not because you know he could still be moved. There could be teams that are interested in it if they see he's not happy. But hopefully this turns out for him. Um, hopefully this turns out well for him, I should say. Um, as far as Kawhi Leonard goes, I don't know how that's going to turn out because I hear rumors that he still wants to go to L.A. and he's going to be a free agent next year. So I guess there's talks of him not playing at all for Toronto all season. And I guess if Toronto knows that, they're probably going to try to trade him um, because he doesn't want to be there or they're going to try to buy him out or whatever. I don't know how the soccer will continue. Well, as far as I know is Kawhi Leonard is not happy in uh, Toronto. So I'm interested to see 
what the hell is going on in Toronto, or not even Toronto, what the hell is going on with Kawhi Leonard. Because if he's not happy, and y'all just traded for him, y'all know he's going to be a free agent next summer. Y'all taking a gamble on him. But uh, I guess we're going to see what happens, man. But, yeah, that's all I have for this week for you guys. I'm going to get into my uh, show recommendation for the week. My show recommendation for the week is I recommend you guys pay attention. Not pay attention. I recommend you guys check out uh, Snowfall. It's a series that comes on FX, I believe, on Thursdays. Um, the first season is on demand if you have cable or if you have... Uh, you can actually go to the FX. You can watch stuff on FX online for free. But um, the second season is starting tomorrow, uh, July 19th. So if you haven't checked out Snowfall, now is definitely a time to get into it. You can catch up on season one. And then season two is starting by the time this podcast released. Actually, shoots the season two will be started. So if you have, um, if you type person who don't care where you start, you can go back. But after you listen to this podcast, man, get ready for it to drop that same night. So, my show recommendation for the week is definitely, definitely uh, Snowfall. Check that out on FX. Very, very, very great series. Now, for this week's Best Kept Secret, I'm going to take it back to my hometown, Compton. Uh, the artist's name is Buddy. He has an album dropping this Sunday. Not this Sunday, I'm sorry. This Friday called Harlan and Alondra. Definitely, definitely check that out. But the song I'm going to get into is called Hey Up There. So, again, this week's Best Kept Secret is Hey Up There by Buddy. Uh, after this, we're going to get out of here. So you guys have a great week. I'm hoping to have a great week. My brother and his wife and his kids are coming out here to visit me and my girlfriend. So I'm looking forward to that. You guys enjoy your week. Stay safe out there. Stay hydrated. The summer is getting crazy. Uh, yeah, man, that's all for me. So we're going to get into this Hey Up There by Buddy. Go on. Change up, I'ma be like this for good. Now everybody better pay up, pay up, pay up. 
Tryna get rich, don't wanna be famous With my day ones, 75 cents to catch that bus Came up, came up, got my check in then I finesse Say I got next, got right now so I got some chess Kick my feet up, smoking all this weed I need a real Give it all to me, more money, money Can't tell me nothing, we out here struggling That's why we hustling Never heard it like this, don't lie. You ain't never heard it like this, don't lie. Never heard it like this, don't lie. We ain't had gifts at Christmas time. Now I'm getting mine. Niggas out here be switching sides. Stay down till I touch the sky. That's right. Hey up there, I'm on my way yeah. up. Hey up there, I'm on my way up. Tell the radio to play us. Tell the radio to play us. Blame it on the place I grew up. Blame it on the place I grew up. Hit that landmine, then I blew up. I've been on my job Shit, too long. I've been doing too much. Damn right, yeah. I know what I Shit. do wrong. Sometimes I be fucking up. Ain't no way that I'm gon' change up. I'ma be like this for good. Now everybody better pay up. Danny used to tell me, boy, don't look back. That was 96, I was bumping out cats. She was up in church at Cali, New York. Now I'm getting scared, Freddy Krueger.